Hello and welcome to this week's Parenting with Play. This week I've got Caroline Ryan, who's a mum of two lovely little boys, who's integrated aware parenting into her life and has noticed a huge difference with her boys, with herself and broader with her work and everything else around her. So I'm so pleased that you're here, Caroline. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Helena. Nice to be here. So I'd love to hear how you found aware parenting and just your entry point into aware parenting and, and then start to talk about, you know, what benefits that you saw with your lovely boys. Sure. So I found out about aware parenting when my oldest, Billy, was um, six months old. Um, I had done the classical uh, attachment parenting without that I really knew about it. It just, I just did what felt right. So I was baby wearing and, um, you know, breastfeeding on demand and we had a lovely birth and it just kind of came to me like that was the right way to be. Um, one issue that I had though, like every new mom would sleep and, um, I went to, um, start with a dummy with him, even though I had sworn myself, I wouldn't do it. Not because I think it's wrong, but because I remembered how hard it was for me to get off the dummy. And when I saw my cousins getting off the dummy, how hard it was for them. So um, that's why I thought I would never do it. I did it and it still didn't help. And I was in Germany um, to visit my family and sleep there when completely pear-shaped. So at that time, Billy was about five months. um, And I remember him, um, I was trying to, to... settle him to sleep and I remember him pulling the dummy out of his mouth throwing it next to him and screaming from the top of the lungs and every time I plugged the dummy back in he would pull it out again and scream and I would just be like why don't you just take it just what's what's wrong if you just have it you'll sleep and you'll be fine you'll stop crying and my daughter did exactly same thing I have to say I was trying to night wean her so I gave her the dummy she pulled it out of her mouth and hurled it across the room in absolute disgust that I had given her this dummy. So yes, go on. Well, sorry. That's he, just my he dummy liked story. The, he, he liked, liked the it. dummy, but for me, it was just, yeah, I just couldn't understand why he would pull it out and cry. Mm. <laughs> I just wanted mm. back in basically. Anyway, so it was lots of night feeds, you know, sometimes every, I felt like every 20, 30 minutes, Um, And I came back to Australia and he was six months old and I was like, okay, I need to do something because I can't cope anymore with this, um, with no sleep. And I had a friend who had just done the Aware Parenting Babies class um, with her second um, and she told me about it. And first I was like, no, no, I can't, I can't let him cry. I can't do that. Um, I'm I'm not the mom who lets her baby cry because for me it felt like sleep training or something like that. And um, she said to me, no, it's absolutely different to what you think. Have a go. So one day shortly after that, I was so desperate. I signed up and it completely changed my life from there. And what, what, no, what differences did you notice? And just want to preface this. It's like when we talk about crying, and I, say, I need to say this every time I talk about crying on the episodes, is we talk about crying in arms, which... Most people equate all crying as stressful, exactly like you were thinking. I don't, I'm not one of those moms who leaves my baby to cry on their own. But this is a whole different approach about being with our babies whilst they're upset. And Marion and Rose and I created the Aware Parenting Babies course where we really go through and how that helps parents and how that helps babies with their upset feelings. So what did you then notice when you started doing that with your lovely Billy? 
Yeah, absolutely. It was um, it was such a change because, as you said, I was thinking, you know, crying is leaving babies to cry. But this one was listening to them and, and letting them be heard. And I remember when I told my mom about that later, my mom is, is very much um, from the school of don't let babies cry, um, you know, under no circumstances. And I remember explaining to her um, a few months later he has a right to be heard. He has a right for me to listen to him and he has a right to tell me what worries him because I'm his, the person who's closest to him. And this is what it started to feel like, me holding him. And um, it, was, it was really transformative in looking in his eyes and, and listening to him and being there with him with a six-month-old baby when before I was trying to just really shut him up. And that's what came to me with the dummy story. Every time that I plucked the dummy in, he tried to make himself hurt. He pulled the dummy out and wanted to tell me that, you know, all the stresses of the day, the, the whatever it was, <laughs> you know, the noise and um, I don't know, maybe he had a tummy ache or whatever it was, you know. Um, and I wasn't listening to him. I was trying to distract him with, with the dummy or with the boob. Um, so yeah, I kept on night feeding. He was only six months old. Um, so I kept on night feeding. I didn't do anything like that, but I remember the first night when we went through it, um, it was hard. The first time was hard because I was thinking, am I doing the right thing? Um, and it took about probably 15 minutes, I think for him to cry. And I remember him stopping and doing a big sigh and then looking in my eyes. Oh. And for me, that was the sign, yes, this, this is right. And not every cry after that was like that. Um, but most of the time, I could feel that this was right. And I think that that's because what's so important is, is about connecting with our baby rather than sort of going, right, you now need to cry. I'm going to be here while you cry. It's about how, how can I connect with you? And then when that connection happens, then often babies do naturally cry because they've got these upset feelings within them. and being with them whilst they're upset is so amazing. And, and I've had similar experiences many times with holding my children while they're crying. And then afterwards, that relaxedness and that beautiful eye contact, it's, there's something really stunningly peaceful and beautiful about those moments afterwards. That's, that's right. You're holding it. Like it's, it's a literal holding. You're holding the view and you're not, you know, the look, you're not holding the look because you're trying to, but because it's this, the moment. And it's really interesting that you say um, connection, because that was probably the piece that clicked in for me last. The crying is the easy bit. The crying and holding, I find, you know, that was, that was going in my head. That, that made sense. What took me longer was to really realize connection and what connection means. Um, and I had a, a few months later I think I think oh he was crying so he was probably nine or ten months old um I remember for me I had this absolute aha moment of how important connection is and that a connection is more than just holding that it's actually really being there because yeah. as I got used to it sometimes in the middle of the night I fell asleep listening yes, to him you know I started to doze off and when I had this aha moment, it showed me I actually wasn't present. Mm. And this aha moment came to me during playing. And that's where I noticed the importance of playing before sleep. We just had, 
started to, he was crawling and he was crawling away from me on, on the day bed. And I was saying, where are you going? And pulling him back. And he left out this absolute, you know, most delicious laughter. And then we did it over and over again. So we invented our own play. There was no eye contact there, but there was connection there. And to be honest, that was, that was what really transformed, you know, our whole being. Because out of a sudden there was another puzzle piece in there and it started to make sense. It's the crying with the connection. Um, and the last shift was probably myself, a shift in myself. And the more I went into it, the, the, more, the more I shifted myself and the more I could see a shift in, in my son as well. So, yes. um, and I think that is the difference to sleep training. And I, I haven't done any sleep training. So, you know, I, I can't say that I'm an expert or anything. But to me, sleep training from what I hear is often, um, you know, either you go buy a book and you try quite early or you've got a sleep trainer coming and it's kind of one change or it's a set time, you know, and after a week they sleep and whatever. And this is not it. This is not a shift overnight. You will notice something overnight. Um, But it's not that your kids will sleep through overnight because it's a journey and it's a journey that you make and your child make. Um, and you know, I'm really happy to say that at one point Billy started sleeping through when he was about, um, I think the first time he slept through at about 11 months and then mm-hmm. again, 12 months. And then from when he was about 13 months, um, he slept through every night and has never woke up since. Wow. So, um, yeah. it was definitely a journey. And, um, for me, yeah, crying was one thing. Connection was the other one. And then my shift. Yeah. I love hearing you describe that because this is not, yeah, as exactly you said, it's not a technique. It's not a training tool. It's a way of being with initially our babies and then our children. That's really profound. And, and I love hearing about how that you had that shift within yourself too, which I ex- similarly experienced because we're not doing anything. It's not about doing stuff to our children. It's about how we are with them. And in order to be with them and offer that connection in that way, many of us need to shift internally because it requires more of us and for us to get more comfortable with our emotions. Absolutely. I needed to learn to be with myself. And and, um, it's really interesting because I find it's, it's such a shift in worldview. I out of a sudden started to observe how my husband was with our child and he, he embraced um, aware parenting as well. But I could see him when Billy started to cry, I could see him reaching for a toy, for example, yes, like a rattle. And I'm like, stop, stop distracting him. And he was saying, oh, I'm not distracting him. I'm doing it for me. And, and I was thinking, well, you're an adult. You don't need the rattle. Why would you reach out? And I started to observe him and I could see that, um, you know, he is distracting himself. And then I observed my mother-in-law and I saw that um, she's doing the same. As soon as, you know, Billy started to make a beep, he was like, oh, look at the bird, look at this, look at this. (laughs) Instead of, you know, letting him fall asleep, letting him make a few noises and fall asleep, as soon as he made a noise, he would point to that, whereas my mom was more the type of um, feeding and dummy. So I could observe it in myself and, and find out what am I doing? 
when feelings are coming up for me or vice versa when I do something like when I feel like something sweet or something like that what's going on for me and that was really the shift that I started to observe myself and um and make changes such as um well self-caring was a big shift I guess yeah you know when you first become a mom and you want to be 100% there and and everything focuses on on the baby and allowing myself to take time for myself um when Billy was having naps for example you know put on some aromatherapy or um you know doing a meditation something that was there for me so all of these things these things really fitted together yes because also you know we're giving so much to our babies and children that we need to receive things too and it's so easy to go okay they're asleep right I can do the dishes or I can prepare dinner or I can do something which is not nourishing or nurturing for ourselves and and the more that we can do that the filler the fuller our emotional cup gets and then we've got more to give without burning ourselves out all the time so I love hearing how you put some oils on is that what you yeah that's right and that was probably the first shift because um even though he was still waking up during the night, but he was sleeping during the day and he was having quite, um, quite solid sleeps, like two quite solid sleeps. So my schedule was in the morning, I was doing that stuff that you were just talking about, the dishes or the washing or whatever, but the afternoon was for myself. Um, yeah. And, you know, he had two times solid one and a half hour sleeps. So I had one and a half hours for myself in the afternoon, which was absolutely amazing. And I think also with the way of parenting and the way of being with our babies in that way, it does help them to sleep better. So rather than it viewing it that it's a sleep technique and we're all focused on the sleep, when we focus on the connection and, and giving our children what they need, the byproduct of that is that they sleep better. So that that's you right. did have more chunks of time during the day and you slept better at night. So that that's in itself is nourishing for us because we do get that time when, when our babies are asleep better. Absolutely. And it's really interesting because, um, you know, the connection, as you say, it's really got to do with, with everything. Like I was connecting more to my son. I was connecting more to myself. I was connecting more to my husband. And then um, I went back to work when, when Billy was about a year old. And I actually started to observe people at work as well and connect and use the connection to myself at work. Um, I went back probably being way more authentic than I had been before. And I'm, I'm lucky that I work at a company that is now actually embracing authenticity because they realize that if people bend and stretch and try to be someone else, that they are not delivering because they're too busy bending yes, and stretching too busy and being someone else. <laughs> yes. That's right. So, um, you know, I could see behaviors and instead of getting all ramped up about it and getting angry, um, I started to analyze myself what caused me to react to that behavior and then also thinking about what caused the behavior in that person and instead of feeling anger I probably felt more empathy or I analyzed myself um, and started to understand what was going on for me and often it transformed me back into the childhood you know sometimes it was about being accepted being being, you know, love, being in a group, being, you know, the cool kid, whatever it was that came up for me. But out of a sudden I started to listen and I was able to um, to just dive deeper into those things, I guess. 
Wow. Caroline, that sounds amazing. And again, because this, I know I've often said this with Marion, my mentor about this, that it's not just a way of parenting, it's a way of living because it's a way of understanding human nature and understanding human needs. And yes, we're applying it to our babies and to our children, but it applies to everybody. Absolutely. And, and I love and, um, hearing how you brought that into the workplace. And when we were talking before this interview, saying about how more people are coming to you to be mentored by you. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's, it's quite interesting because I've got a few people now who come and, and ask to be mentored because, um, you know, because I've got a certain role and, and they aspire to that role, but I'm not the only person with that role. Mm. There is quite a few of us, but um, they come to me and, and, you know, I feel honoured every time when, when someone comes and asks to ask me to mentor them. But I've had a few times that people were saying, well, you don't know how much appreciated you are. And I, uh, the last one just came to me last week and, and she was saying, I just want to bounce things off. I just want to be able to, I just want to be listened to. And, you know, mm-hmm. for me, that was such a strong connection to who I am at home with my children, who I am to myself to listen. And that that has really, you know, shifted everything in me that I'm the same person at work as well. And it's not about listening to gossip or anything. It's about listening to ideas. It's about truly being heard and truly being respected. And I think that, you know, can still sometimes not happen in a workplace because often we're busy with ourselves. So, and, and this aware parenting um, way of living has really allowed me to, to open myself out to everyone around me. Wow. Amazing, because this is, you know, often the, the, uh, the reason why we be- embrace this way of parenting to help our children being able to do that. But to hear the effect that it's had on you and, and the ramifications that that had and the ripple effect that that's had out in your workplace is just amazing. So gorgeous to hear. Wow. I, I heard once a person who had an absolute, it wasn't um, not from my work, but it was during work, where um, someone had a tantrum on the phone, literally, to, to me. Um, and that was at, a, at around the time when, when my toddler then started to, to have tantrums. And, um, you know, I just held the space. I didn't hang up. I didn't shout back. I didn't scream. I didn't, you know, um, obviously the 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 stuff that we were talking about in the end didn't go ahead because I was thinking, why would I, you know, do business with someone who, who is having a tantrum at yes. business? But at the same time, um, you know, I was respectful to that person to listen to the concerns and listen to him literally screaming and shouting at the other end, but just holding my spot and standing firm. Um, and, wow. you know, it's this is something that I have done with my toddler and I have never found tantrums as bad as I, or embarrassing, I think, as a lot of other parents feel, because for me, it was a, finally, so something is coming out. And, you know, to that phone call that I had with this, um, with this external person, I was just thinking, I don't know what this person went through. I don't know what pressure this person has had internally from, from his company. I don't know what has gone for this person in the private life. So I'm just 
here and I'm listening and I'm being compassionate. It doesn't mean that I need to give in. It doesn't mean that, you know, I need to make a deal or that I need to feel sorry or anything, but it just means that it's more than just the moment. And this is exactly what we do with our children as well. This is exactly what we do with ourselves as well. When I lose the plot and, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not a saint, <laughs> but when I lose the plot, I, I try and stop after it's all come out and try and understand where this has come from. And usually it means that I haven't looked enough after myself or because things have accumulated over a day, a week or whatever it is. The tiniest thing has really that I have blown it out of proportion, but that it's me, that it's not the thing, that it's not the person who gets it. It's it's everything that's built up. And I just, Oh gosh, I could not love this anymore because this is the this is the flow on effect of of treating our children in that way is that if we could be with people who are upset and have an understanding that it's not always about us it's whatsoever's going on for that person and hear them in a way exactly as you said that you're not backing down you're not giving in just because they're having a you know a massive meltdown with you but you're still being able to offer compassion to that person and be there and not immediately jump into retaliation and immediately jumping into blaming and how dare you and I'm not going to be treated, you know, and, and where that can rapidly escalate. Whereas you can hold that space, still not accept that, you know, you, you still make the decisions that you're not going to have business with this person, but it, it's a, there's, a, there's a different way of being with people that reduces amount of conflict um, and aggression. And I just think it's a really powerful way of being with people in the world where we can hear people, we can hear their pain, we can, with a greater understanding that, that they're going through something really difficult and that they need support, but without having to submit ourselves and, and cave in and, and give away our power, we can still hold, hold the space for them whilst they obviously have their moment and then move through that with compassion and empathy rather than aggression and retaliation. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I think that um, struck me at one point was, and I don't remember when it was, but it was that I am responsible for my feelings, um, not other people, that it's, it's my decision how I react to something. And I think that that is really, I find that really interesting because when I started off with aware parenting, I would have thought it, it, um, it is all about emotions. And it's true. It is all about emotions. It's all about letting them out. It's all about listening to emotions and um, finding out where they come from. But it doesn't mean that you give in to emotions. It doesn't mean that you let yourself go to emotions. It means that you have a different view to emotions and you can accept them as they come and understand where they come from. So, and sorry, and jumping in there, but also, you know, taking responsibility, like you said, going, I am, I'm feeling these feelings. And rather than me dumping on somebody in the workplace with them and just, you know, offloading in a massive tirade about some minor thing, I can take responsibility and go, I need, I need a bit of help here. You know, yes. I might need to call a friend and I might need to just go, oh my God, this is happening. But that's within a safe space 
where the other person is listening respectfully and you know it might be a very mutual relationship as well so when we can deal with our emotions or work through our emotions elsewhere then we can come back to the tricky you know the workplace and and then and be able to function really well without having all of these yucky feelings bubbling up that That's means right. then we're going to explode and accept them as well I, I think there is no such thing as bad emotions or good emotions mm-hmm. we do give them labels but they all come and they all have their right to be there so it's about how we react to those emotions and it's about you know do we bottle them up and they're going to explode out because we we say they're bad and i don't want to have them or do we accept them and listen to them and find out where they come from because as you say you know aggression comes up from accumulation usually um it's not the first feeling that comes to us it's it might be sadness, it might be anger, but the aggression part is usually something that comes much later. So it's about respecting the anger. It's about respecting the sadness and then moving through it so it doesn't come to aggression. Yes, because there's times when you're completely justified in being angry and anger is not a negative emotion. It can be a really powerful force for change. But it's when anger turns into aggression, that's a very different, um, that's a very different thing. That's right. So, yes, I love hearing how you don't label the, you know, the, the emotions as good or bad. They are emotions. And when we can feel them, we can move through them rather than if we try and ignore them or push them down, then they stay there and then they build up. And that's when you then have that explosion externally or you can implode and, and, and that's when anxieties really build up. Yes, within you because they, they haven't had a voice and they haven't moved through and, and been released. They're, they're stuck. Yes, and you feel that ugly feeling in the tummy, right, that, that comes up when, when there's too much going on and you feel nauseous and you stop eating or you're eating crap and, you know, you do all this on top of it and you feel even worse. Yeah, and that, that has definitely absolutely shifted in my life since from before we're parenting to, to now. Um, and I've, I've seen a lot, you know, my mom comes once a year um, here to Australia. And I remember at one point when I had my second child, um, she was saying to, to my oldest who was, um, I don't know, it must have, it must have been that the little one was one. So the, the older one was almost three. And um, she was saying, oh, you did X, Y, Z. And now the little one is sad you know, or you made the little one sad, which was not the case, but she used it almost as a manipulation. Right. And I could, you know, for me, like I stopped because I realized that's, you know, obviously what she's done to us. And I remember saying, we are all responsible for our own feelings. Yes, he's done that, but his action right now doesn't make the little one sad. You know, the little one is sad because for whatever reason but we're definitely not using it as a as a manipulation because the little one wasn't sad in that moment and that's i think what's interesting is when we can help our kids with um patty whitfler from hand in hand describes it as this backpack of emotions so when we help them empty the backpack so then they're not carrying so much upset feelings from past experiences they can actually roll with the um saying roll with the punches but it's not literal punches, but, you know, roll with whatever's happening now much better. Like they're going to be less reactive. Say if your eldest did something that might have been a bit mean to the younger one, they're less likely 
to find that so upsetting because they, they haven't got that accumulation of feelings. Yes. Um, and so rather than pointing out going, look what you did to your brother, we can help our, you know, if, if, if one child is being mean to another child, we can help them help that the being mean child so that they're not and to work through that so that they don't do that and help the other child with the feelings that come up. But the more that we help our children with their feelings, the more they flow, the more they're able to navigate those interactions with greater ease and less aggression and explosion That's right. too. And it's, it's not to say that they shouldn't um, observe other people's feelings because, yeah. you know, that is definitely mm-hmm. one of the big things that we're teaching through aware parenting is understanding our own feelings and therefore understanding other people's feelings. But um, in this case, it's, it's a matter of not adding to this backpack. So not saying because you did X, yes, that person is now sad and making him feel even worse. That is, that's not what we do. It's about understanding the action, as you say, and, and explaining what is happening but not in a blaming way. You know, it's not Which, shifting the feeling back to, to the other person and filling up that backpack. And yes, it's not shaming bad. the child no. going, this is what, look at what you've done. You've made them terribly upset, you know. Oh. Which children act out because of feelings themselves. And so if we then shame our children when they do do something mean, then that just exacerbates the problem so we can help them with the feelings without the shame. Yes. And it's so easy to fall back into that pattern. Like I, you know, when my, when my battery is empty, when my cup is empty, I, I feel myself moving into that kind of stuff. You know, I've, I feel myself moving into the shouting. I feel myself moving into, um, not shaming, but more, you see what happened. (laughs) (laughs) And, and that's when I, I take a step back and I realize what's wrong with me right now. What, what's not going right for me. So you know, I have in the past when I did, um, when I did have one of those that I take a breath in and say, I'm really sorry. I didn't want to be loud. I'm just not feeling good right now. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. And, you know, my kids are now four and two, so they're a little bit older than they were with one and three or, you know, nothing in two, <laughs> but, um, it's, it's, it's me understanding what is going on right now that I'm reacting the way that I am reacting. And it's nothing to do with what the kids are doing because in other moments they could do exactly the same and I'm reacting yes. completely different, but it's about what is going on for me in that moment. And this is what I'm trying to teach my children as well. What, you know, sometimes they're fine if the other kid takes the toy away. Sometimes they're lashing out. It's not a different toy. It's not a different situation but the way that they are feeling might be different. And usually something like a lashing out or something might happen at the end of the day or at the end of a work week when they've been at daycare and a lot has been going on for them. But it might not happen in the morning of, of, of a Sunday when they had a you know, big day with us the day before. Yeah. Oh, Caroline, I could keep talking to you for hours. This is great. Thank you so much. I I'd, I'd, I'd just love hearing, because obviously I, I've seen you with your boys and just know how you integrate aware parenting with them, but hearing how that has rippled out into the workforce and your life in general, and even in the interactions with your mum, and you know, it just has such a profound effect and shifts the way that we view life and human nature. It's just so wonderful to hear. So, thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure. Thank you, Helena.
So if you'd like to find out more about how Aware Parenting can help you with your family and then maybe also with your colleagues as well, come on over to parentingwithplay.com.au. If you've got a baby under one, doors to Aware Parenting Babies, which are co-created with the fabulous Marion Rose, are now open. And if you've got a child older than that, then check out my packages such as for sleep or aggressive behaviour or just general challenges. So come on over to parentingwithplay.com.au and I really look forward to supporting you and your family soon.